Hey guys, I'm Kate. And I'm Caitlin. We are Coffee Beans and Books. We are so excited to get started with this podcast. Yes, we are both very voracious readers, and we cannot wait for you to join us as we read many more great novels. So why do we have coffee beans in our title, Caitlin? Well, we are both great lovers of coffee, and we'll be trying out a different coffee every episode. I'm so looking forward to that. Should we start with a little description of ourselves? Yes, but first, what coffee are we drinking, Kate? We are drinking Green Mountain Light Roast. Yes. Do you want to tell them who you are? Um, Hi, everyone. My name is Kate. As I said before, Kate with a C. I am a junior in high school, and I live around Chicago. I am an avid golfer. I play lacrosse, and I play the violin. And a fun fact about me, I love to Mm -hmm. knit. What do you like to knit? I love to knit hats. Oh, you and should make me one sometime. For sure. I Thank definitely you very much. Will. Of course, your Christmas present. Ooh, uh, Christmas my favorite color is green. Great. I have green yarn. Yes. It's perfect. Perfect. Okay. And my name is Caitlin, like I said before, with a K Hi, and an I. And I'm also a junior in high school and live outside of Chicago. And I'm on my school's newspaper. I golf with Kate, of course. Mm-hmm. And I like to write and paint in my pastime. And <clears> ooh. Okay, fun fact. I'm also trying to learn Italian. Come stai, Kate? Buonissimo, Caitlin. <laughs> oh, and what language do you take? I'm a Spanish girl. Hola. Okay. I'm more of a Latin Greek girl myself. Oh, and a little medieval English when I need to recite the Canterbury oh, Tales. Oh, yeah, we love the Canterbury Tales. <laughs> we it's do. Some classic Eng- the Miller's British tale. literature. It oh, really yeah. is. I love the Miller's Tale. It's actually the only one I've read so far, so... <laughs> okay um okay anyway back to the books we wanted to start this podcast by sharing with you all of our favorite books to get a sense of who we are as readers yes i love to hear about what everyone's favorite books are i also think this is a great opportunity for us to advocate for more reading and make it fun i totally agree it seems like teenagers these days aren't reading as much as they used to however i love reading and i think it's so much fun same. So, what are your, some of your, some of your favorite books, Kate? Um. Well, one of my favorite books is "And Then There Were None" by Agatha Christie. Ooh, I edited an article about Agatha Christie for the school newspaper. What was it about? It was just about her biography, and she also, I think, she took a lot of her inspiration for her mysteries based off of her real life. Oh, that's I, fascinating. Yeah, I didn't know that. I'll have to go back and remember what it yeah. was, but it's really interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. Well. Um, it's, I'll give a little summary first. It's about these ten people who all go to this island, and they don't know why they're there. They all just go for a seemingly innocent getaway, and they, um, slowly die, one after the other. They slowly die off and are murdered in some way, so they're all really freaking out. That reminds me of the TV show Lost. I just know I've only seen like one or two episodes, but they all get stranded on this island because this plane crashed. And I don't, I've never seen it, but I think that's what it's about. It's like these people on an island and they start getting, I think they start dying or something like that. Very similar, yeah. Except they're not really, it's not really like they're struggling to survive. Like they think that they're just like there for vacation like they went there themselves chose to go there oh okay. they were invited to go there i think it's been a while since i've read it <laughs> but anyway 
Um, so might want to fact check that, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure that's right. Fact check. Yeah. So anyway, um, they slowly start to die off, and then you're kind of there's like certain characters that you're rooting for, and I just remember like rooting for certain characters, like praying that they will not die, <laughs> and then spoil spoiler alert, they all end up dying. So, but I will not tell who is the murderer because it's kind of a surprise. Like you are not expecting that at all. So. I don't know, I was really shocked at the end. And when I was actually reading it, I was, like, really upset because I was like, who the heck was the murderer? Because I could not figure it out. And I was like, do they just not tell you who murdered the people? And it turns out they actually do, but I did not read that part in the book. That reminds me of The Murder on the Orient Express. Did she write that? She did, yeah. Okay, I didn't even know that, but I... I've not read the book, but I've seen the movie, and I know the very end, I was so, I thought I was not going to know who was the murderer. Yeah. And then you find out at the very end. Yeah. That reminds, I didn't even know she, Yeah. wow, that's so cool. She, like, uses that kind of scenario. Yeah, they're all, she has written a lot, a lot of books, and they're all kind of the same, where you don't know until the end, but usually in a lot of them, there's like a detective there and then then there were none there's no detective but in murder on the orient express there's like hercule perot or whatever yeah some weird french name and so he is more responsible for figuring out who did it but in the other in the and then there were none you don't really know because there's no detective you just kind of have to figure it out for yourself until of course they tell you at the end of the book the readers the detective basically pretty much yeah that's really fun yeah it's like a game but a book for sure. See, books can be yeah. so fun. They're so fun. Especially if you're into murder mysteries. Agatha Christie. Re- yes, all Agatha Christie books, but definitely, and then there were none. That's the best one by far. Yeah, my I favorite. think those types of books, they can just take you away to a different mm-hmm. world. That For reminds sure. me of Harry Potter. Yeah. Favorite series I've ever read. I've never read Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. That makes me very disappointed. <laughs> um, so I wanted to preface before I talk about my favorite books um there's this quote by transcendentalist ralph waldo emerson who kate and i when we were in the same english class last year we learned about him and Mm -hmm. i also learned about him when i was in eighth grade and i loved the transcendentalist unit because i'm a very outdoorsy person myself Mm -hmm. and being able to connect with these authors and especially like walden it just took me away, like Thoreau, and like you feel like you could do anything. You don't have to worry about what the outside, like world thinks of you, what society thinks of you. It's mm-hmm. just what you know is good for your soul and your spirit. For sure. And that's why I love. That's another side note. That's why I love transcendentalists. Yeah. Where's your favorite place to be? Where do you feel most at peace? That's so hard. Hmm. I would say anywhere in the outdoors, the woods. Is there like a particular part of the woods that makes you feel at peace or just the woods I in general? I think just being in nature. Mm. Being in some place that's not man-made. I get that. And just perfectly what it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. You know, especially my family's Irish. Mm-hmm. And when I go to Ireland that oh it's just breathtaking how beautiful it is and it's on my great aunt's home is on the coastline that sounds beautiful beautiful and you know it's not like 
it's just these little homes and they don't have much but it's beautiful Mm -hmm. and it's gorgeous and it's exactly what it's supposed to be a lot different from Chicago. Always bustling, lots of yeah. buildings. The buildings. Very few trees. We were talking about yeah. this earlier today. I personally like to look at the buildings, and I love looking at, like, riding my bike on the lake and looking at the skyline, but I don't know. Caitlin doesn't seem to agree with me. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Want to elaborate? I don't know. We were talking about this in the car. We disagree on what beauty is. Well, no, not necessarily what beauty is, but just... Different types of beauty. Yeah, yeah, right. I don't... I find... Well, you agree with me that nature is beautiful. Oh, yeah, for sure. Everyone does. Yeah. Except some people don't protect it as much, but it's a sidetrack. Back to this Ralph Waldo Emerson quote. Oh, beauty. Wow, we really cut (laughs) off on (laughs) transcendentalism and beauty. But I think this is good. Um... I find beauty mostly where there's nothing man-made. And you... Mm-hmm. But I also see the beauty in, you know, man-made structures. Yeah. How wonderful it is that we're able to do that. But I find I would way rather be in nature than mm-hmm. yeah. in a city. Yeah, I get that for sure. Yeah. But this quote by Ralph Waldo Emerson says, I cannot remember the books I've read any more than the meals I've eaten even so they've made me and I'm prefacing with this before I talk about especially Wuthering Heights by Emily Bronte I don't remember the exact plot points or dialogue except I do have a post-it note for one of the major quotes we'll get to that okay okay Um, counting down what counting down so basically what happens is this man named Lockwood is trying to get to Thrushcross Grange in the Yorkshire Moors of Northern England, but there's this huge storm, and so he has to seek shelter at a manor called Wuthering Heights, and there he comes into contact with the the t- caretaker of the house named Nellie, whom I loathe. She always made me upset throughout the novel, but that's besides the point. Um, But she tells Lockwood the stories, because Lockwood gets the sense that Wuthering Heights is not that fun and has a scary kind of past. And so Nellie ends up telling Lockwood about the tumultuous relationship between Catherine Earnshaw and Heathcliff. And also the three parties of the Earnshaws, the Lintons, and Heathcliff. And the main, the main center point, focal point of the novel is that Catherine Earnshaw and Heathcliff, they passionately love each other. They say that they are each other. They don't even just love each other, they are each other. But... um circumstances outside of their control not even outside of their control just in their environment prevent them from ever being able to actually get together and get married was it like social class or like yes actually a part of it was social class because Heathcliff I don't remember exactly but so Catherine's family took him in when they were little so they grew up together but he and this is horrible. For our time period, this would never be okay. Yeah. But he had darker skin. Oh. 
and he was of a low-born class. So that definitely that definitely contributed to her not being able to get with Heathcliff. But also, um, Edgar Linton and her, I think Catherine had to go over to Thrushcross Grange where the Lintons lived. Um, for some reason, I forget. But she starts not, she doesn't fall in love as much as she does with Heathcliff. But she loves, starts loving Edgar, if I remember correctly. And they end up getting married. And that just, Um. that sets the whole anger of Heathcliff in motion. Mm -hmm. And basically, when Catherine dies. Okay. Spoiler. Oh, yeah, that kind of is a major spoiler. Wait, so then... But you find out Catherine dies at, like, the beginning. Oh, Oh, okay, okay. But then, so Catherine had a daughter with Linton beforehand. Okay. Named Kathy. Um, Catherine Long, Kathy for short. Okay. And she then ends up marrying... I don't know, remember which order, but... She either, she marries both Heathcliff's son at one point, and Heathcliff had a son with Edgar Linton's sister. Oh, was it like a revenge thing? It was was a a little bit, yes, it was. It was for sure. Wow. Like, you did this to me, I'm going to do this back to you. So it was a very manipulative relationship. Sounds like And I remember just, I remember... abhorring Nellie because she always she always tried to prevent Catherine and Heathcliff from getting together when they were kids and I think if they were able to when they were younger this wouldn't have happened because when Catherine dies and her daughter is left Heathcliff completely abuses her abuses his own son it's just awful to everyone abuses Catherine's brother's son it was just awful so does Catherine's family own Wuthering Heights? Like that's yes. where they lived when they were children? Yes. And does she like she still lives there? She or no, then lives? she went to live with um Linton. But Heathcliff still lived, lived then there? Then Heathcliff got got control of the home. Oh, okay, okay. Once Catherine's brother died. Okay. Heathcliff got control of the home. Okay. And then basically at the end of the novel, what I remember too was so bad is I don't remember who died or what died but at some point Heathcliff was at Catherine's grave uh-huh. and it was just evil and awful I think he, I believe he digs her body up <gasps> oh my gosh I know That's it's so awful boring. it was just such a it just is incredibly like just gross yeah and that just, is gross not even just gross but like creepy but also like there's some part of it that's like wow like yeah he was obsessed with her but like tortured her family that lived but was he she obsessed with him too or just not like in that way and not in that way but yes but i guess we don't know but that at the same time i don't remember all of it either but i just remember it was like this passionate love that became violent because of that that kind of sounds like twilight well that also inspired (laughs) wow connections yeah i know really that also mothering heights inspired stephanie meyer to write twilight oh, part wow. of it yeah wow because bella's favorite book is mothering heights in twilight oh Fun really fact, oh that's interesting from my old middle school reading days oh wow i didn't know that what was your favorite book in middle school hmm. 
favorite book in middle school? Oh, there was this book that I really loved when I was in like sixth grade, and it was called um, The Doll People. It's it's just not as creepy as it sounds. It's like about these like dolls that they come to life, but they don't harm people. They're just minding yeah. their own business. It's kind of like a Toy Story kind of situation where like they're alive when the people aren't around. I always, when I was a little kid, I was afraid that that actually happened. But wouldn't that be kind of low key cool? No. Why not? What if like I don't know? Like what if they're nice to you? Okay, if they're nice, yeah. But like, what if they like try to kill me in my sleep? Like. Well, in Toy Story, they don't do that. <laughs> yeah, but that's because they're, like, nice. True. Anyway. Like, remember the evil toys from the daycare in, like, Toy Story 3? Well, that in the doll people, there's, like, three books, and there's an evil doll that eventually comes in. Exactly. My point made. Right. But even in Toy Story 2, like, or not Toy Story 2, Toy Story 3, those evil toys, like, Lotso the Hugging Bear, <laughs> that smells like strawberries, he, like... Wow, you really <laughs> paid attention. Yeah. Um... He's like, he doesn't try to kill children. He just tries to kill the other toys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One step down from crazy. Yeah. Yeah. But he's, he's not crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Anyway, so in the doll people, um, they like, I don't know, they're like these China dolls. And they, like, one of the dolls is missing. And they have to, like, go find the other doll. I know, yeah. really good book. Yeah. I loved it when I was little. <laughs> I loved, oh my gosh, I went through a huge, like, Hunger Games, then Divergent. Oh, yes, I loved Hunger Games. That Hunger yeah. Games was what got me into reading again. Like, got me into... Yeah, actually, me too. Like, young adult. I used to be super into, like, young adult novels. Now I'm into mm. more, like, classics. Yeah. But, like, when I was in middle school, for sure, it was just all young adult books. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I was obsessed. No, yeah. Um... I did love Hunger Games. Like, the first book was so good. I know. Like, it's really kind of I still gross. remember, like, the smell of that book. Like, I read that book so many <sighs> times. I was obsessed. That's a really good book. And it's, like, pretty disturbing. Like, but it's just so good. Like, yeah. it's really descriptive. And I guess in that sense, it's really kind of, Yeah, like, I read uh, it when I was 10. Oh, my gosh. I was a little older than that, I think. I think it was 10. Yeah, I was 10. That's, like... Fifth grade. It was fourth grade. Fourth grade? Well, nonetheless, Wuthering Heights, I love. And it was actually, I believe, the first classic book that I chose to read on my own. Going to lie, it was challenging for me at first because it was the first, like, really classic book, like I said, that I'd read. And it's, like, the op- the opening of it. Remember I showed it to you. It's confusing because they use phrases that you never hear now right, right. and there's this one character i forgot what his name is oh he made me mad too and he speaks in like this very thick accent oh, that so emily annoying. bronte the author really like tries to get that to come across mm. and it's yeah. just so i mean that's a sign of really good writing though like showing She's all very, those dialects if i was able to write like her i would mm-hmm. love it but then also i don't think anyone would read it at this time right period. right i feel like you read this because it's a classic you know mm-hmm. but then if it's if, it, if someone wrote like this now people would be like what the heck yeah. yeah so that's wuthering heights um what's the second book uh, that you- okay so my second book is to kill a mockingbird classic um yeah it's a classic i read it in eighth grade with my english class and um i so i don't it was a while since i've read it but um just a little 
summary. It takes place in Alabama from like around in the 30s. And so it's very segregated, very, there's a lot of racial tension there. And um, there's, uh, the narrator is Scout, and she's the daughter of Atticus Finch, who is a prominent lawyer. My goal. (laughs) I know, seriously. Prominent lawyer in the area, and he stands out from the rest of the community because he's very anti-segregation and he's like equality for all he's very fair and recognizes like the importance of justice in society and he wants to get rid of that racial tension so um there's a man tom robinson who was an african-american man and this woman mayella yule accuses him of raping her so it goes to court and um Tom Robinson is found guilty of the crime, even though he didn't do it. I remember when I read it, I was furious. I know, so frustrating. It's just this, like, you want to go across, you want to go into the pages. Right. And shake her. I know. Well, it's also like, the Ewells were not convincing. Like, they were really dumb. (laughs) Like, they were not smart. And like, or did you watch the movie? Yeah. Like, they're just not, like, it puts, like, gives you more, like, a visual and they were just not very smart people, but it was just the times, like, the judges were so just ri- so biased. It's unfathomably ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It really is. And so what ends up happening is Mayella is, like, she gets her quote-unquote justice for herself, but, like, there's no really justice. justice at all. And so Tom goes to prison, and he ends up, like attempting to escape so that the uh, guards at the prison will just kill him and he'll just be put out of his misery, which is just so awful. Like that people like African-Americans at that time were willing to do that because their conditions were just so awful. I don't, I, I just can't imagine. I know. I can't imagine. I don't understand how people could think like that i know towards other people i know seriously. who are just like you i know and like oh, i don't know yeah so that's really really awful and so i love that book because well when i go to college and when i'm older when i'm pursuing a career i really want to be a lawyer and i'd like to stand for that justice that Atticus stood for despite the feelings of all of the other people in his community they were so biased towards like, like having your own conviction no matter what anyone right, else says right right what like you know you, is right exactly yeah just listening to your gut and like not listening to other people when you know that they're wrong so and even not even like as a lawyer I would just in general just want as to always person. stick to my own opinion Stick to your gut right because i know inside but still be open right. to other people right right but when you know it's wrong it's wrong when right it goes exactly. against what you believe in right right um and then another thing i just remember super random but i just remember the scout character dressing up as a ham <laughs> i just remember that being really funny but it also turned really dark because she like got attacked and then the person who attacked her ends up getting killed so pretty violent but i like that she just does am <laughs> like my i when i maybe next year for halloween halloween is yesterday but maybe next so we year we have candy right with us next year 
I will definitely be dressing up as a ham. <laughs> so I'll you... dress up as a turkey, oh. even though I'm vegetarian, but perfect. Well, yeah. then you can dress up as tofu. <gasps> like a big white block. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay, so what's your next book? Um, Franny and Zoe by J.D. Salinger. And this one, I will not lie, it was frustrating, difficult, and not as page-turning as all the other books I've ever read. And you might wonder to yourself, why the heck is it in your favorites then? that is exactly what I was going to ask. And it's so unique, it's so different, and it's just all theme. It's Mm. all about intellectualism and religion and finding yourself and dealing with a spiritual crisis and interesting the family that can help you so it's about the glass family and the two siblings out of many um franny and zoe and franny is this girl a young woman who is going to college at a liberal art at a liberal arts university and or college and she's fed up with people faking intellectual faking their intelligence and just trying to sound smart to sound smart and one of my absolute favorite quotes in here i thought was so um okay everything everybody does is so i don't know not wrong or even mean or even stupid necessarily but just so tiny and meaningless and sad-making. And the worst part is, if you go bohemian or something crazy like that, you're conforming just as much as everybody else, only in a different way. And I thought that was just so true and so a part of what, you know, drives her kind of into this crisis is that she had grown up with celebrities. Her siblings and her were on a radio show and they were famous little children and I think that celebrity harms them too and they can't come to terms with their own purpose in life and uh, Franny tries to get help from her brother Zoe too and it takes place in a Manhattan apartment and this is like the whole second chapter there's only two chapters Franny and Zoe and the second chapter Zoe is set in this apartment and it's with the mom and Zoe keep going back and forth and back and forth. And I remember turning the page constantly being like, when is this conversation going to end? And it never ends. Uh-huh. It's practically the whole book. <laughs> but at the end of the book, you're like, wow, this took a whole conversation and a whole just such mundane, ordinary things. Like Zoe, get in the bath. Zoe, shaving. But this conversation that goes along with it just shows how humans are constantly looking for their own purpose and their Mm. own, you know, spirituality and why, what, how, like who. And that's what made me love this book. Yeah. And I think that like we as like high schoolers can relate a lot to that because we're trying to figure out what we want to do in college, what we want to do with our lives. So we're constantly like going back and forth about what we want to spend the rest of our lives doing. And that's like a really tough decision to make. It's, it is. Yeah. It's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of stress. It is a lot of stress. You get through it. Mm-hmm. And I think back to what you were saying about how Franny doesn't like that everyone is setting them. She said, if everyone, 
if you go bohemian to be different, you're mm-hmm. conforming in a different way. Like, when people are like, oh, I'm so hip, I'm so different, I listen. Yeah. I listen to Queen and the Ramones and, e- okay, you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. and, like, ACDC and Def Leppard, and I'm so different. Yeah, and, yeah. Which, I listen to those, too, <laughs> and I'm not gonna say that I'm, that I don't want to criticize people who do that. Oh, but yeah. like, it's like that thing where you want to find your... I feel like the whole purpose of that is like, you want to find your purpose. You want to be different. So you know who you are. So you can become who you're meant to be. But it's still never going to be perfect. You're still never going to know exactly. And it's okay to be... It's okay to not know. And it's okay to not be okay. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to accept that. Yeah. And I think that's what Franny and Zoe really taught me. And this book is 157 pages, and it took me a while to read. It should have taken me, like, two days. Mm-hmm. It took me, like, two weeks, because I was just, when is this conversation going to end? <laughs> but then when I finally finished it, I'm like, that was a very deep novel. Yeah. And just the whole Glass family relationship. So oh. it's all about these siblings. And... You know, they're just trying to help Franny get through her crisis of who she is and what spirituality is. And the whole thing is that, the whole thing is Franny has this book with this saying in it. And I forgot, I find what the saying is. But she's trying to find God. It's like when someone's telling you to believe something because that's the right thing to believe, but Mm -hmm. you don't actually believe it in your heart. Mm -hmm. And Franny has to deal with that. And, like, this is about her family trying to help her through that. So that's what it's mainly... sounds like a great book. I think it is. And even though some people might want a plot that's super entertaining, I think this book really helps people understand just life itself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. For sure. Okay, so I think that wraps up that wraps up our favorites or a little summary of some of our favorites yep and so we definitely recommend all these books so we'll go through them one more time so my recommendations or my favorite books are um and then there were none by agatha christie and to kill mockingbird by harper lee and mine were wuthering heights by emily bronte and franny and zoe by jd salinger yeah so and so the next book so the first book that we're going to read together kind of like a mini book club and then we're going to talk about it with you guys is brave new world by aldous huxley (laughs) aldous huxley and my cousin actually recommended this to me and i'm excited do you want to tell them what it's about So just based on what it says on the back of the book, it sounds like Brave New World is a science fiction novel that's set in a dystopian future where people are bred by other members of society so that they are best fit to serve the regime of that time. Wow, that sounds so interesting. I really love dystopian novels, Kate. I know, I'm so excited to read it. We're going to get a different coffee next time we speak to you guys, and we'll talk about this book. Um... Either we'll talk about half of this book or the whole book, depending on how fast it takes us, because we are very busy, but it'll probably, the next podcast will be in about two weeks, mm-hmm. I would say, um, and you'll find out what next, what, what coffee we're going to be drinking. Guys, I hope you enjoyed our first podcast um, introduction, and keep listening. If you love books, you love yeah. coffee, you love hearing two teenagers talk 
Yeah, I think a lot of people like that aspect of it. <laughs> the teenage, okay. <laughs> okay, well, um, bye guys. Ciao, ciao. Bye. Arrivederci. Adios. Uh,